Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody listening and watching online. Uh, welcome to Norwood Free Methodist Church. Um, yeah, I just want to pretty much jump into this today. I do. I've got it. This is an important message. It's an interesting one. I will say this, guys, <clears throat> with confidence. Good to have you guys back. Long travels and a whole night. Um, cool pictures, by the way. Yeah, Facebook can be good. I'm tempted to get rid of it every day, and then I see something like that. I'm like, fine, I'll stick around for another week. Um, so here's the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they might as well have just brought it to you, right? <laughs> Postcards. <laughs> okay, so anyway, listen, guys. Um, we've understood for quite some time that in the Holy Spirit, we can cooperate with God and not be tossed back and forth by whatever comes our way. That should be so appealing to folks who are just hearing about God that you don't have to be just tossed by the waves of life. That You know what I mean? Because that's how everybody lives. They, they're just kind of floating along. Oh, this happened, that happened. Well, let's look at Matthew, if, if we can, Bri. Um, and, and we're going to realize Jesus addresses this to the folks who would choose to follow him. Beautiful mountains. Anyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who, wise man, who builds his house in the rock. When the storms of life come and the streams rise, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And that's being contrasted with the... Uh, the person who did, who didn't, but anyone who hears the words of mine and says, no, I know a better way. I'm going to go my own way. They're like the foolish man, contrasted by wise, foolish. You're building your house on sand. The rain comes down, the streams rise, the winds blow and beat against the house, and it falls with a great crash. I should have just preached on this today, Mary Beth, because it's the same storm. Do you notice that? Same exact thing. Winds, right? Streams rise. Jesus is not, also another, really quickly, he's not saying it might happen. He's basically making a reference that you have choices. The winds and storms of life are going to happen. And I saw another thing one time I want to tell you. It's a lot quicker to build on sand than it is to dig a foundation. Okay. Do you get that? And so here's one of the things that we want to talk about. Um, yeah, hearing and then doing. Well, um, I want to walk into a, uh, in a situation here where I don't want to um, minimize this at all. As I'm writing this, it's 9 p.m. on a Saturday, yesterday. And there is something, now listen to me really quickly, and you guys online, there is something that puts a human being, any human being, person, there is something that puts a person right in God's crosshairs. And I, and I said that, and I said, is that too strong? And I realized, no, it's not. So here's the thing. There's a mindset and a characteristic that we can allow to stay upon us that's going to draw God's literally ready, ready for this that's going to draw god's destroying power in our lives this isn't how i normally talk up here is it talking about god's destroying power but i want to take a look at this please we'll do james first and uh gives more scripture says this god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble that's james 4 6 he's actually quoting something else next one i believe quoting prov uh, well yeah Peter talks about it as well. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. What they're actually doing is quoting Proverbs 3.34. There is something. Let me say this again so you know where I'm at. There is something we can do, and it's this, that puts us literally on the opposite side of God in our lives. And I so wish I was a young person back here hearing this. I so do. Because this is not metaphor, and this is not, like, overstatement. This is one of the only things I can see repeated three times in the Bible across that whole thing. Remember how I told you the Bible is information science, right? From the back to the front. You can't read Genesis and understand God. You can't read John and understand God. It's the whole council. Everything about it is important, okay? Well, if, if he puts this three different times in it, 
This is something he really, really wants his kids to know and avoid. I will not, look at the word oppose. I mean, that's crazy, right? Oppose. I've told you before about the football metaphor. I love football. Football is, the metaphor would be this. God and I are on, on, on team God, okay? If I'm humble, we're playing on the same team. Do this, AJ. Okay, cool. It's, it's my power, AJ. No problem. As soon as we get into an area of pride in any area of our lives, work, relationship, finances, appearance, whatever it may be, God literally will line up on the other side and oppose us. Now, this is, this is going to be hard teaching because some of y'all are going to own stuff you're not supposed to own. Don't do it. Take this information and let Holy Spirit work with it. I wrote this message and realized because of his grace and mercy, he showed me an area that I'm, I'm proud in. This week, not even this week. It was yesterday when I was writing this. And you know why he did that? Because he loves me. It's no different than saying this. That stove is hot. Don't put your hand on it. And here's what we do, though. I don't want the stove to be hot. And God's going, but it is. You get it? My kids do that all the time, don't they? They'll sit there and be blowing it, Daddy. It's still hot, Bubba. Don't eat it yet. But I'm getting a little woozy blowing on your food. (laughs) You really go for it. See steam coming off. Ah, Bro, I just told you that was hot and you made the choice to put your tongue on it. And they'll sit there and despise the food for being hot. That's not wise, is it? Get it? They will. Curse you food for being hot. Pride is an area that, listen, by design, God God opposes the proud. And here's, oh, I don't want to say too long. Let me just paste this out. I was going to show you something. I was going to show you one of the reasons why God is so passionate about this, but I'm not going to do this because I don't want to get stuck in it. But there's an illustration from the book of Ezekiel where God's speaking to the king of Tyre and he speaks behind him and says, you, he talks to Lucifer, the original, the devil, as it were, who's a real enemy in our lives. And he says, let's do that last slide. I had like seven slides to show you the whole scene, but I didn't want to. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. You're the f- one of the first conflicts, right? God in this, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I opposed you. <laughs> Literally what I'm talking about. So I threw you to earth. I made you a spectacle before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you've desecrated our, your sanctuary. So I made a fire come out of you, and it consumed you, and it reduced you to ashes to the ground in the sight of who were watching. This is what God is saying. God opposes the proud so much. How much is it that that's exactly what caused this, this angel in God's presence to fall and become the enemy of all of us? How many billions of people have walked the planet? The reason we are opposed because of the original sin here was pride. Okay. Why does God oppose the proud? That's why. I mean, that's okay. In other words, I'm not overstating. Do you understand? I'm not overstating. I want to skip through this here. Yeah. Wow. I had a lot about the fiery stones and all that. Pride is mentioned at the start of all of this guide guys. Pride seems to be the original or first sin through and, and, and through that, all the action sin enters our world. And pride can actually creep into our lives. So let's define pride and get the wheels going here, guys. A high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether it be cherished in mind or displayed. Another one is Webster's Dictionary, by the way. A becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself or one's position or character. Self-respect, self-esteem. Now, my favorite one is this. A, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements or qualities or possessions that are admired. So let me build this for a second. How much pride do you think God allows to go unopposed? Good. 
So a little bit? Of, no, 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 no. So, so, so I touch on this like quarterly. If you've been hanging with me long enough, at least twice a year, I give a similar message to this. And it's, I, I, God is just so big on this. Again, how much would he allow? The answer is zero. We know he doesn't allow evil or darkness, but how much pride does he actually allow in his presence? He doesn't. So let's zoom in and let's, let's um, throw a dart at the board here. Let's do Proverbs, whatever the next one is. Yeah, yes. Pride comes before the, right after the, I think I put it in, okay. People misquote this all the time. Pride not, does not come before the fall. Stop saying that. That's not the quote. Because <laughs> you're missing out on a big word called destruction. <laughs> when you say pride comes before a fall, it makes you sound like you're goofy. and you're, uh, Sorry, I watched too much Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I stubbed my toe, Mick. That was a good goof. I'm, a, I'm good with that. Pride goes before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. Thank you, Donna. Pride goes before destruction. Ooh. So maybe AJ isn't overstating this. That's exactly right. And, and again, how much does he allow to go undestroyed in a haughty spirit before a fall? Some of us are going to go through our minds and realize that this may be one of the reasons that we have continuously fallen or faced destruction in our lives. God doesn't oppose people. He proposes mindsets. But who would I be if I walked through this and didn't show you exactly it? So let me do uh, real quick. This is where we're going to hit fifth gear. Christian pride. Let's be careful of it. It's a house made of sand. When we think that we are walking well with God and we look at other people and they're not, beware. Okay? Because that is called Christian pride. We're told that your best posture is poor in spirit. I do this every time so you remember. Reliant upon the alms of another. You have nothing to offer God. You don't. Well, but God, I, I've been doing this 30 years, and I, I sing on key, and I, I attend church, and I give in the... No, that still means nothing. Filthy rags, y'all. And the minute you, the minute you forget that, Christian pride can seep, seep right in. Well, they do this. I don't do that. They do this. I don't do that. And next thing you know, you're wounding people around you in the name of pride. And I got a remedy for you. It's, it's so simple. You've heard me all say it. You've all heard me say it before. Keep your eyes on your own paper, man. If I mean, really, who has the time? You're... There are people who end up in this Christian pride thing where they feel like they're good enough where they can put, put, pick their head up and go, well, I'm done with my stuff, so now I got time to grade yours. And let me tell you something. The root of that is not just gossip. It's not just this, this. The root of that is pride. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I, I put my head down a lot of times. I'm, I'm guilty of all of these, just like anybody else. But if you're really working towards yourself, you don't have time to look around and see the flaw in other people. Right? Speck, moat, plank, whatever you want to call it when he does that. Well, you dare look at the thing in your brother's eye, right? When you've got this big thing in your other, in your eye. First take the thing out of your eye, then you can look and see. And Jesus, I can almost sense Jesus' uh, sarcasm there going, dude, fix you. Like, you, you bleeding out here and you're taking your time to look at the flaw in this other person? What propelled you to get there? The same thing that propelled Lucifer to want to be God. Pride. And everybody, I mean, here's the thing about pride. Pride is really sneaky. But I'll, oh, don't worry. Don't worry, because I got some spray here in a second. When I wrote some of them, I went, woof. <laughs> and I'm used to me. We're told that our best posture, as I said before, is, is poor in spirit. And uh, Jesus knows, guys. Jesus knows. He cuts right to the quick. If we, if we open ourselves out to the Holy Spirit, he's going to actually show us these areas. And we all know people who've been hurt by this. We know people who've been hurt by other Christians, right? Looking at areas of their lives or, or whatever it may be, things they've done or haven't done. But if you were to really look at it now or look back, you'll see pride was at the root of that. That person felt that they knew best, right? 
Who told you you knew the best? Why would you think you've got the answers? Let me keep going. Now, here's the thing, too, real quick. I'm just warming up, guys. Have you ever known, I, I don't, don't bring up names or anything, but I know a lot of folks have doled out judgments only to later be found out that there's, there's heavy sin in their lives. Because I want to tell you something that I've been telling people in counseling. The truth always has a way of being found. How many times in your lives, let me, I don't know, if, I'll tell you mine. A lot of times in my, my life, especially when I was younger, I wanted to weave deception or lies or do things to cover things up. But I got to tell you something, the truth floats. It always comes up. And how many folks have we seen that are, that are always picking on other folks about their, their, their lives and their choices only to later fall to those very same things? Did I say fall? I did say fall, didn't I? Hmm. Personally, I don't understand how anyone can get in a place, like I said, where they're such an A-plus student that they've got the time. Who would sit in a judgment? Who would take the judge's chair if they knew that they were breaking laws too? Like, can you imagine if you're an actual judge? Would you really take the job if you knew you were like involved in illicit racketeering or something? What a fool you'd be, right? But people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we've had attorneys and all that sort of stuff following that. Pride, 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 pride. And the question I want to ask you here is this, and then we're going to get into the hard stuff. How can anybody be proud if they've ever met Jesus? No, this is just AJ. Done. Pastor hat's over here. If you've really met Jesus, I mean, do you, I don't ever walk out of my time with Jesus with my chest puffed out. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The king of all things, the Lord of all creation. You wonder why pride is not allowed because we have nothing. We're, we are nothing. Face to face with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just, I realize I'm a sack of flesh and a bone structure wandering around waiting to go back into the ground, my body, and waiting to go be safe with God. And it's just like, man, I don't, I don't personally understand that in a lot of ways. Now, some of you love when I, when I, when I say, don't be proud, don't be self-righteous Christians. We want to know something else? Let me turn the cannon for a second. Every time we knew we were supposed to cooperate with God and either stop doing something or saying something or writing that text or message or whatever, and we didn't do it, guess what? That was pride. Pride is also, get your pencils ready. Don't touch this area, God. We're good. Yeah, thought I was going to hang out in the shallow end today. Do you know me? Pride is don't touch this area, God. I'll be my own boss. I know what I'm doing. But out Jesus, I know better. That's pride. And we think it's disobedience. Cool, but the root of it's pride. I'm not joking, guys. I know what you say about, let's say, marriage. I know what you say about sex. I know what you say is a better way to do things. I know what you say about my finances. But guess what? I can do it better. And it's good for the young people to hear this, honestly. Is God's plan for us what's best for us? Not because of rules and all that stuff. Like, is, is he good? Is it goodness that he gives us the boundaries and tells us, is that going to lead to the life we want? There's the question. And whenever we say no, it's because we feel like we know better, right? At the root of it all. And we're all guilty, guys. Knock it off. Y'all look like whipped dogs right now. That's not what we're doing. Everybody's like, ugh. Yeah, me too, man. I had to write this thing. How comfortable do you think that was? <laughs> and I'm held more accountable than you guys are. Because if I, you know, if I ever talk down, no, I get it. There are areas in my life that I'm just like not. I'm like, no, Jesus, I slap his hand away from that one. <laughs> not over there. I got this one. Because I think I'm capable, Mike. It must be. Otherwise, I'd hand that over to the capable hands of Christ Jesus, right? It's totally true. Oh, you know what? I'm tempted to put my feet off and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to back off. Let me push the stake a little bit so it sizzles. Haven't used that metaphor in a while. If you're not open to wisdom from other people, and if you're not seeking out wisdom to other people, it's pride. I get a deal. I do family counseling where, 
you know, moms and dads come from certain things. We all get what we get, right? You, you didn't choose your mom and dad. You didn't choose that situation. But let's say when you have a child or grandkids. Okay, real, real quick. I was talking to somebody the other day, and this friend of mine is expecting a child long down the road. And I said, so how's he doing? And the guy's like, he's good. He's excited. He's excited. I said, excited. Okay, cool. I said, is he getting nervous? It's kind of getting close. No, no, no. He's not nervous. And something inside of me actually pushed. And I said, let me tell you something, bud. (laughs) And I don't normally come across like this, I don't think. I said, let me tell you, there's two types of men in this world when they're having a kid. And there's the one that's, I got this. We're good. Well, I can't wait. And then there's the other dad who goes, oh, boy, this is going to be hard. And I said, let me tell you a little secret. We all end up at number two. We all end up at number two. <laughs> right? I can say the same thing with marriage. Don't act like that. <laughs> I'm staring at Mike for some reason. <laughs> We're good. I got this. He's bebopping down the aisle and then realizing 10 years in, like, this is harder than I thought it would be. It's pride. It's pride. If you can sit there, if you sit there and we think that we can, we can do things on our own, that's pride, right? It's true. Okay, everybody likes pictures. Let's do this picture. This will be fun. Because some people are still resistant. This will knock it off you. The mug in question says, I want to be a nice person, but everyone's just so stupid. That's not just funny. That's pride. You know what's funny? Though? There's a whole culture coming up. There's a whole meme culture coming out of that. I don't like people. Because you're better than everybody? Actually, let me, let me read this because I, I want to make sure I really get this one. Your lack of patience with, other, with others. You feeling like you're the smartest person in the room. You with the critical eye of everyone else around you. Pride, in case you like singing. Mary Beth, we doing good? Yeah, oh, oh, we're all on the floor, which is fine. Because you know what? If we get on the floor, God stops opposing us. Do I need to put that one back up? God opposes this. And I am guilty. Now, here's what I'm saying. If you often feel isolated, like you're looking outward... It might just be pride. Does anyone, I don't, I don't think anybody here is uh, big on games, but anybody here play any video games at all? Like, I don't know, like, um, what's the big one? Um, well, Skyrim is a video game. Picture a video game where you're a person, you're walking around, and all these little computer characters are there. Can you picture it for me? Whether you're on a subway, whether you're walking around a village, right? Whatever it may be, uh, Zelda, Link. I don't care if you're thinking Pac-Man, okay? If you live your life like everyone around you is a sub-player to your story, that's pride. And we all do this so bad. We think I'm the hero on the quest and all y'all in Price Chopper are just lesser. <laughs> Come on, do you get it? You don't take the time to think of their stories. You don't think that they're the hero in their own story. And truthfully, I saw a meme the other day that said this, you're the villain in someone's story. You're absolutely the villain in someone's story. And that ought to knock some pride off of you. I can, I can list some folks. I'm not saying I have enemies, but I can say there are people who could t- consider me the villain of that story. In this story, AJ was the mean one. AJ was the one that hurt me. AJ was the, ooh. Through my eyes, I'm fine, right? Through my eyes of pride, I'm the main character. Y'all are just computers, secondary people, and it's my story. And you know what I realized? Through the power of God, I, that's pride. 
That is absolutely pride. Humility realizes that every person in this room has struggles and a mom and a dad and propensities to hurt themselves and hurt other people around them. And they need love. They really need love. Everybody in this room needs intimacy and they have fears. Everybody here is insecure and doesn't want people to see certain areas of their lives. That's, that's humility, right? That one got me, man. But I want to say this, a critical eye, watching people with a critical eye, if that's your default, I would, I would, I would recommend to you, uncle AJ would say this, give that to God. Cause he's going to oppose you. And there will be destruction there. If you sit on a bench at the Watertown Mall, let's say, is that the one with the balls? Bing, bang, ding, dong. Oh, I love that thing. I do. I'm 38. I love that thing. I don't care. I saw the cutest thing one time. Time out. Here, let's all take a break. So I saw, I'm sitting there mesmerized by this thing. <laughs> I was like 30 at the time. And you know, I saw the coolest thing. I saw uh, this little kid, he's a fair-skinned kid walk over to the ball and from the other side i saw this dark-skinned kid i don't know their races so i'm not going to say that he could be haitian so i'm not going to call him african-american so this dark-skinned kid of certain race in a white-ish looking kid i don't know walked over and the two of them walked over together they, they didn't know each other you could tell by the families and they just kind of touched shoulder to shoulder walked up to the ball thing and then just started talking it was the most beautiful portrait of the innocence of children i saw the different colors they didn't see the colors at all they didn't even know each other, but they're like, kid, kid, cool, balls, balls, yeah. It was a really nice moment of like just the nature of children. It was, it was a magical moment, honestly. But if you sit there on that bench and your eye is to criticize or find flaw in the people around you, that's pride. People watching, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you want to tattle on them and take pictures of them, that's pride. How we doing? We good? Hi. Hi. I don't want God opposing me in any area of my life. I really don't. So I'm here to show you this, that, uh, yeah, we're almost done. Saying, yeah, I've got this is another one, too. Humility, however, has a favorite song. Do you want to know what humility's favorite song is? The opposite of pride is humility. Humility's favorite song goes with something like this. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Is that not humility? Pride says, I've got this. Lord, I've got this. Or I'm better than them. Lord, I'm better than them. Lord, I need you re realizes this. And someone today online for the first time is realizing that this is surrender. This is coming to the Lord. This is amazing grace. When we realize my future, my friends, my family, I cannot control these people around me. I need you in every area. And if, I'm, if something in my life is not right, Father, I surrender, it, I surrender it to you. I cannot do this alone. And the last thing I want to, uh, about pride, I want to come back to the definition. Yeah, this is, this is difficult. I really need you to stick with me really quickly. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. I want to talk about that for a second. Is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from, okay. Our pleasure, our satisfaction is supposed to be not from what we've done, the things we have, or anything like that, but in who we are. So let me get off the pride thing for a minute and do some coaching, okay? How to get away from pride and how to put things in perspective. We good? Are you still with me? It's the fourth quarter, I promise. Um, okay. Our satisfaction and, 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 you know, all that pleasure, satisfaction is not supposed to be from things on the outside. It's supposed to be in who we are. Things come and go. Beauty fades. Talents. There's always someone better, right? That's just mind, common sense. But satisfaction should come from who we are. We're, we're sons of the Most High God, made fearfully in His image, 
this nose, this hair, this personality, he designed it just the way he wants it to be. There's my satisfaction. I'm good at this. I'm bad at that. It doesn't hold any bearing under my value. Get it? That's how you pride proof your life. In my opinion, that's how you pride proof your life. Now I'm going to do something really um, uncomfortable because this goes flies right in the face of society. So I'm listen, the first part was uncomfortable because of God's destroying power sitting upon the prideful heart. But I want to do something to knock you out of it. Called a state break in psychology. Do something to knock the person out of the state they're in. That's for free. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use an example that's going to make you all uncomfortable and I'm going to define this and then we're going to go home. Here's how to pride proof your life in a way. I'm going to say this. I am one of the best singers I've ever met in my life. I'm one of the greatest male vocalists I've ever met in my life. I'm trying to see if I lose some of you because you think that's pride. You don't understand pride. Pride would stop there. So here's the lesson. Come with me for a second. I'm a great singer and vocalist and pride would stop there. Stay at, stay there, magnify it, blow it up, get puffed up because of it. Do you understand? Saying what I just said, if you think it's pride, you don't understand pride. And therefore, you'll fall into pride because you don't understand it. Let me coach you on this. Humility, the opposite of pride, is a godly characteristic. A wise characteristic doesn't stop there. Doesn't stop at that statement. It looks at the entire picture. Humility accepts truth and takes hands with wisdom as well. Here's what I mean. Pride is really just a lack of wisdom if you think about it. In reality, we have nothing to be prideful about, nothing in any way at all. Wisdom knows that the first millisecond it's on the table, right? Wisdom knows that. Wisdom knows that the first millisecond it's on the table, we have nothing to be proud of. So pride is actually a lack of wisdom. So humility, just follow me, I know this is hard. Humility is truth paired with wisdom. So back to my singing example. The truth is I'm very good at singing. Wisdom would then step in and realize initially there was a gift there from God, okay? That's what wisdom would jump in. So pride would stop there and go, you're great at singing. Wisdom goes, hold your horses. That was a gift from God. Let's look at the whole picture. Let's look at the thousands of hours you've spent practicing, learning from people better than you, emulating them, focusing on pitch, tone, timbre, vibrato, power, vocal control, runs, all these things you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, guess what? It's not a value statement on AJ anymore, is it? It's a body of work. Get it? Do we get it? It's a body of work. Wisdom steps in and realizes pride is not saying I have this amazing thing. Pride is stopping there and letting your value be reflected off of it. Lexi's a really good soccer player, let's say. If you stop there, it may her value may go up and down depending on if she's right. But if she realizes athleticism is a gift from God. You've had really good coaches. You've worked really hard. All these things are an ingredient like a stew that come together and create Lexi a really great soccer player. Do you understand that? So some of y'all think, again, saying that things are good or recognizing those things is a puff up of pride. No, you're misdiagnosing pride. For example, good sermon, AJ. Don't get all puffed up with pride. You misunderstand pride. Because I fully understand that I'm opening myself up and God is using gifts he has inside of me. You're edifying the fact that God used me. It's about God and not me. Pride would go, I created it and stop looking at the whole picture. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, here's the thing. (laughs) True humility does not deny truth. Lexi's a great soccer player. No, I'm not. Ooh, actually, that's pride. You just took it truth and kicked it right to the ground in the name of false humility. 
Do you get it? Not recognizing you have gifts or that you're good at something, that's not humility. Oh, shucks. No, I'm not. That flies in the face of the gift God's given you, and it's fake. You just don't want to acknowledge it. So in the beginning, I told you this. I am one of the greatest male singers I've ever sat in the room with. Now do you understand that's just a statement of fact? Or an opinion, I should say. It doesn't make me good or bad. Get it? It's just a thing. And also now it's removed from me and who I am. So what happens if one day I get a polyp on my voice and I can't sing again? I'm not going to want to put a gun in my mouth or something stupid. Get it? And that's also called a state break. It's a hyper... Anyway, that's me giving you a crazy example because when Ronda Rousey was defeated, she wanted to kill herself. She... That gift of... Fi- yeah, okay. So the greatest female fighter at the time lost. Excuse me. My zipper's out. <laughs> greatest... Uh, it just happens. A pair of those jeans. Um, greatest female fighter at the time. She lost. She got knocked out. Knocked out? Essentially? And she went into a severe depression and literally contemplated suicide. Pride. Pride. Because if, you, if she truly understood she was the result of her coaching, hard work, talents from God, someone came along and beat her, it wouldn't put you in a deep depression. Where's my value? Well, it wasn't there ever anyway. Get it? Adam Avery said something to me one day, and I hated what he said. I won't, Melanie hates when I talk about us up here. How about this? Some other girl. <laughs> I was used to getting attention. Remember, remember I told you before when I didn't understand this, I was like, look at me, I'm playing music, look at me, can I, am I somebody? Am I, right? Me, me, yes? Well, when I met Melanie, she didn't play that game. She was a mature, put together person. And I remember saying to Adam, I was like, yeah, bro, she doesn't even care if like I sing and all this sort of stuff. And Adam goes, oh, that's good. I don't think you heard what I said. She's not like, she doesn't flatter me. She doesn't, doesn't care if I sing it. He goes, buddy, you don't want the, 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 the family that's only cheering for you when you win. You want to be able to look up in the stands and, and your wife and kids are like, no matter what. Or if you stop playing football altogether, you got your family. Make sense? Can you imagine that? On the biggest stage and you look up and one guy gets to hold his kids with the trophy. Ugh, one guy. The rest of them hopefully have families that love them even though they lose. This is how you pride-proof your life, guys. Real humility says, yes, these talents and abilities. I ha- I'm a really good nurse. What's the problem with that, right? I'm a really good builder. I've got an eye for how to build things. I have a really excellent mind, excellent memory. Stop it. Stop not celebrating the good things in your life because you don't want to be proud. If you get value from those things, that, then you give it to God. But if it, you, celebrate your gifts, man. Do you get it? Okay, I'm not, okay, I, I feel like God's still speaking about this. The fact that you'll sit in the sidelines and not put your gift out there in the name of false humility means that other people don't get to see God's gift inside of you. Stand up and celebrate it. I'm a really good teacher. I'm a really good teacher. I care about these kids. I do the work. I'm a good teacher. Put your shoulders back and own it, and you will shine the light of Jesus Christ. Do you get it? A city on a hill is not supposed to be hidden. You're hiding because of false humility. I'm just nobody. No one listens to me. Liar. Everybody listens to you. Everybody loves you. Why won't you receive that? I'm scared of pride. If you get value from that, boom. But if you get value in the fact that you're, you're born and, and, and accepted by Jesus through what he did and the rest of it's peripheral, go be the best you can be, man. Can I tell you something? I hold back a lot of times up here. Because uh, I don't want to overshine or stuff. But I stopped doing that a while ago. Because here's what I realized. I'm holding back this gift that I'm supposed to be using for him as well. I mean, first I put corporate worship. I'm not up here doing runs and going crazy. Look at me. 
But no, if I do that in humility, well, then I'm 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 keeping my best from being displayed and out there. Aren't we supposed to give God our best? I don't want that little sick lamb over there, he says in the Old Testament. I want the, the blemish-free lamb, right? That's a picture of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus ever downplay how powerful he was? I know I'm walking on water, guys, but don't tell anybody, okay? It's just, listen, I'm not that off. I mean, I, you know, water to wine, but it's not the best wine. Like, no, everything he did. Bruce, are you kidding me? Yeah, he was right out there. And you can also see that there's a fear element to being out there. But again, that's a pride thing too. Okay, okay, okay. Jesus was pride-proof because he knew who he was. Even if he put himself out there and they rejected him, he was fine. He was, I'm fine. I'm the son of the Most High God. Did you hear that? Beloved son of whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. There's my identity. The devil himself looked in his face and couldn't shake Jesus. Jesus put himself out there and his best out there. Yeah, man, that was good, Mary Beth. So listen. I love y'all. Uncle AJ does. Uh, listening online. This is a hard talk. This is a hard message. I realize there's, there's certain groups of people. I don't mean like ethnicities, but certain little pockets of people that I always criticize. This will be good. One more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can feel, <laughs> I totally feel God saying this. If there's a pocket of people, let's say a family, a group, a coworker, whatever. If there's a pocket of people that you're, you're constantly kind of criticizing and looking at, then I want to tell you that might be pride. Okay, that's true. God got me on that. That was the one he got me on about that. Oh, I'm missing one here, but you got lucky. You got, you got lucky. All right, so listen, in wrapping up, we are not to deny the good things about us. No way. You own them and embrace them. I'm glad I said that about teacher because we've got a few teachers in here. Be cool with that. If you put in the effort and give it your best, you, you, you say, I am a great teacher. Doggone it, I don't care if anybody even knows that. That's inside of me, but I'm going to display that. I'm done putting my head down and going... That's false humility. If there's other things, listen, here's the cool part too. If we know we have pride, like me yesterday, I had to sit there and go, yes, Lord, there's that pocket of people that I'm always critical toward. That's pride because if I'm critical toward them, that means I'm above them. I'm looking down on them. That means I'm above them. That's pride. Humble, yourself, humble, humble yourselves and you will be exalted. But if you exalt yourself, you will fall before God. Did you get that? God has no rivals and does not share glory. But if anyway, if you come up with that this week, guess what? God loves the fact you can turn around and he's dying to get back on our teams with our family members, with our finances, whatever it may be. God is dying to get back on our team and lift that opposing power. He's dying to do that. So we're going to sing humility's favorite song. We're going to sing, Lord, I need you. We sang it last week. I know <laughs> we're going to sing it again. Okay. Every situation. This is how we kill, uh, kill pride in our lives. Lord, I Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. You're my We 
your sin runs deep your grace is more where grace is found is where you storms do come though Lord God it's a myth security outside of you is absolutely a myth it's a lie nothing else can hold us together nothing else can keep us strong nothing else can keep us moving forward nothing but you Lord Jesus so Holy Spirit we open ourselves and our hearts to you right now Father God we ask that you would reveal areas of our lives where maybe we've been proud in our dealings with other people in our dealings with ourselves Whatever it may be, Father God, we do not want to be opposed. Not just out of whatever. We want, we want our best lives, Father God. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. We want to cooperate. And if we realize life doesn't work without you and, and, and going against the, uh, the way you put things. So, Father, we do. We open our hearts and minds this week. Please reveal to us any areas that we need to change direction and come to you and find humility and humble ourselves. And Lord, also we want to apologize, Father. We want to acknowledge that some of us have, have stayed in the background out of false humility, Father God, or even out of fear. Help us to own the things you've put inside of us, those, those gifts and talents and the hard work we've done. We want to celebrate our victories, Lord God. I feel like that's not of, that's not of you. That's of the enemy, just not admitting and acknowledging that we've put in the work and we've ended up in a good place, whether it be talent or friendship or... Whatever it may be, Lord God, 
Help us to look through the eyes of truth coupled with humility in who we are. We are yours, Lord God. That's our value. May the other things be peripheral, peripheral, but may we walk in truth. We love you, Father God. We trust you, Lord. We, we, we know that your ways are good, that your love endures, and you've got a good plan for our lives. We love you, Father God. We, we worship in the name of Christ Jesus. You're the King of kings and Lord of lords, Father. Amen. All right, let's, uh, let's have some food.